我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。我们要跟大家平安。
there also peer influences. There are also the worldly thoughts. Sometimes there are persecution that could also be seen as a trend. The greed or your love for the world is also a trend. And sometimes false teachings can also be trends of the world. We ourselves have limited strength. It's likened to uh, this boat that you see in the picture. The ocean is so vast and the waves are so high. So what can you do so that you do not drift according to the currents? There is a key point. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19. Chapter 6 verse 19. Nineteen. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. We know that if a ship is to berth at a certain spot, it has to drop its anchor. A ship does not need to be berthed at a harbor. It can also berth anywhere outside of the harbor as well. 你去史丹利公园啊，那去那边看，哎，很多船停停在海港，Bridgesbay，也有很多的是停在比较远的地方了。You see, when you go to the Stanley Park, you can observe there are a lot of ships that's anchored, or rather berthed by the harbors. There are also a lot, a lot of the ships that are further away.有时候他们在等。Sometimes they're just waiting,等进港口啊，waiting for their turn to get into the harbor.他们等去拿货。or to the port to load the cargo. They have to turn off their engines to save the to conserve some energy. So how is it that they can maintain the position of the ship without being drifted away with the currents? The simple thing is to just throw down the anchor. The bigger the ship, the bigger the anchor. Uh, there are some anchors that are several stories high. I have been to a shipyard and I have seen the size of some of the anchors of these ships. The anchor itself weighs in tons. So where the big chain, a metal chain, is uh, hooked up to the anchor and throw into the water, and the anchor will drop to the bottom of the ocean. No matter how great the currents or rather the waves are, the ship will not move. Do not look down on an anchor, even though compared to the size of the ship, it's considered small. But its function is to stabilize the ship in, in the event of a storm. 
in similar principle, what holds us or uh, help us maintain our path. It is not easy for us to travel on this path of faith. Sometimes the promise of God will not be fulfilled immediately. What had God promised Abraham? God said to Abraham, rise and look in the direction I'm pointing you to. And I will make you a great nation. Your descendants will be likened to the stars in the sky and sands in the, and, uh, on the beach. And your descendants shall inherit this land. So Abraham went. When the time he left, he did not even have children. And several decades upon reaching the land, he still had not had no children. He had no children, he had no land. He had no fixed spot and he is traveling around. We are immigrants, we came to Canada. Most of us have our own homes. Even if you were to rent a place, you don't have to move every month. Most people will save some money to buy their own homes. Abraham was in that land for several decades and owns nothing, not a piece of land. Even when his wife passed away, he had to buy a cave from someone to, to lay her there. Had God fulfilled his promise to him? It seems not. It seems that he was deceived. He was he had a good life in war and he came to this place. He had nothing. But Abraham had not lost his faith. He cast his anchor and the anchor was laid steadily. Even though what God had promised him had not been fulfilled. Yet he was able to endure. He believed. Let's turn to chapter 6, verse 15. Chapter 6, verse 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. It says here that he patiently endured and obtained the promise. Where did he get his endurance from? His endurance came from his hope. If you have no hope, you will not endure. For example, it's difficult to raise children. But you have a hope that one day the children will grow up so you don't have to keep changing diapers and feeding them bottles. Your, your hope is that one day when the child is grown, you don't have to serve the child, rather the child will serve you. So hope is a strength. So where is the anchor of our soul? Let's read verse 19 again. The hope we have as an anchor of the soul. So our soul is like into a ship. Where is our anchor? How do we cast down our anchor so that we will not be uh, uh, floating around aimlessly? It is this hope. 
If you lost this hope, you're likened to a ship without an anchor. A lot of Christians today have lost their anchors. They live foolishly in this world. They follow whatever the, the, the trendy thoughts of the world. They follow their peers and pursuit after the world. They have lost their direction. They don't know why they become Christians. All they are praying from our Lord Jesus is as for fame and fortune and longevity. And all they are praying is, Lord, do not call me to heaven. I don't want to die. The funny thing is, didn't you believe in Jesus so that you can enter into the heavenly kingdom after you die? Why is it that people, people today place so much emphasis on longevity to live longer? When they see someone die, they think that it's pitiful. They're Christians, why do they die so young? And those non-Christians, they live to hundreds. So their faith was shaken. They did not understand why they become Christians. And they were floating around. They have forgotten where their anchor is. Abraham went to the land, went to the promised land. He endured a lot of hardship. And he has lost a lot as well. However, he had received much more. It's not that he himself received much more. His descendants truly after several centuries has received the promised land. And from his descendants came Lord Jesus Christ. And it is true that the people of the world were blessed because of one descendant of Abraham. If Abraham had lost his anchor of soul, he would not be able to endure. And if he could not endure, he would not be able to retain the promise. So, brothers and sisters, have you um, taken your anchor of soul and cast it down um, to be anchored? Our Lord and our God never lies. And God will always prepare the best for you. Even if his promise had not been fulfilled, even if you cannot comprehend his will, Verse 18, chapter 6, verse 18. Remember, it is impossible for God to lie. We are liars. It's just a matter of how much. Whether we do it on purpose. But we are liars. The only thing is that we try our best not to lie. But God, it's impossible for Him to lie. 
So when you uh, fled to the refuge to lay to lay hold of the hope. It is true today we haven't come to the part we have to shed blood for our faith. What price have we paid to believe in Christ today? Nothing. We still work. We still live in our houses. We will not be captured and put in prison. And we still go to church even though we can't temporarily. We have peace, we have joy. And a lot, of, a lot of brothers and sisters, upon believing in the Lord, their physical life experience a change. Of course, this is wonderful. Unfortunately, after receiving the blessings, their faith starts to diminish. They have forgotten God. This is a kind of endurance to forget God. You have received so much blessings, of course you will believe in God. Let me ask you, if today, after you have believed in Christ, you have lost everything that you used to own, would you still believe in Him? Or, for example, because you're a Christian, a company, it's a company policy uh, to fire you. And because you're a Christian, your friends detest Christians, therefore they refuse to be your friends anymore. You have believed in Christ and your families refuse to acknowledge you anymore, would you still be a Christian? If you believe in Christ, your house will be taken away. If you believe in Christ, you'll be put in prison. This is not a joke. There are some countries would that's how they treat Christians. And finally, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be persecuted. And I watched a movie recently and I was it touched me. The movie is called Silence. It's about some um, evangelists who went to Japan to preach the gospel. This happened a few centuries ago. At the very beginning, the Japanese uh, welcomed Christianity. However, the policies changed. In those days, there were a lot of Christians in Japan. Since the changing of the policies, uh, evangelists were being cast out of the country. And the Christians were told to change their religion. They can no longer believe in Christ, but to believe in somewhat something else. If you refuse, and you will apostasy, be... If you have, if you refuse and refuse, if you refuse to give up Christianity, you will be sentenced to death. You will be tied to stake and be burned. And there will be some who tie to stake and be drowned when the tide comes in. And there are some being hanged upside down on a rope, and they will be uh, dunked into water, and when they're just about to lose their breath, they will be pulled up 
Various different ways to persecute Christians. And a whole generation of Christians were tortured to death. Let us think about this. If in your faith you have encountered such circumstances, would you still believe? When the writer of Hebrews was writing this book, the Christians in those days were enduring this kind of persecution. Let's turn to chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 35. Chapter 11, verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And there were a lot of people being persecuted, being interrogated, um, being tortured. We humans, we are the most cruel animals. We can think of thousands of ways to torture a person. And we will not go uh, into this because it's really uh, upsetting. And the torturer tell the torturee that if you are if you refuse to accept your give up your faith and say something bad about it, then we can let you go home. We can let you go. You have to think about this now because never say that you will never encounter this. Because one day it might fall upon us. So what were the reactions of the Christians in those days? They endured their torture. They refused to accept deliverance. I sometimes thought to myself, are these people crazy? They are these who are willing to let you go, but you refuse to go. All you have to do is to renounce your religion. That's all you can do to survive. Or perhaps to stamp on the cross or to stamp on the picture of Christ. That's all you have to do, and you'll be able to let go and go home. And these people say, no, thank you. We will not accept deliverance. Because they have their their anchor of soul. They were not thinking about I can live longer for a few more decades. They're thinking to themselves that I want a better reward. And as a Christian, what they're hoping for is a better resurrection. Not for the longevity of a current life to live longer. And this morning we mentioned that Prince Philip lived to the age of 99, but he still died. Majority of us will not live to that old age of 99. However, our end is still the same. We all die and buried in a coffin. How is it that the members in those days have the strength? 
for a better resurrection. Our ending is not in our grave. A few days ago, my family and I wanted to go out to take a look at the to admire the uh, cherry blossoms. We remember that on Royal Oak, there are quite a lot of uh, cherry blossom trees. So we were driving and we passed by Forest Lawn Cemetery. And it looks very peaceful inside, so I said to my family, let's go in and take a look and, and take a walk. Every time I go to the cemetery, it's to, uh, to hold a, a, a funeral. This time I went, it's not for a funeral. But rather to take a walk. Because the Bible tells us that we should think about the ending of life. And sometimes we do have to think about it. And we went in and it happened to be after the tomb sweeping festival. And we saw, we saw on a lot of graves there were flowers. I believe there were the family members uh, uh, remembering their loved ones. And last weekend was the Chinese uh, uh, practicing their tomb sweeping festival. And so we were walking around in the cemetery and we were looking at the gravestones and taking note of the age of the deceased. The oldest, close to a hundred. Uh, in the 90s, but rarely do we see over a hundred. Majority were in the 60s and 70s. Minority were in the 20s. While they're in the in the prime, so we can see from the pictures. And there was one, three years old. 上面还有那个墓碑，之前面还有一个洋娃娃，一个teddy right right in front of the tombstone was a teddy bear。真的，坟墓不是装老人，是装死人。It is true, a grave is not for the old, but for the dead。你几岁都好，都会面对。Regardless of how old you are, you have to face your death。对于没有盼望的、没有信仰的人来说，For those with no religion，真的没有这个信仰啊，没有这个faith啊，在主耶稣基督里面。for those without faith in Christ, then the ending of life is indeed the grave. A very small plot. But for those with faith in Christ, we know that that is not the conclusion of our life. That is only a temporary place where we wait. Because after that, we will resurrect. So those people were tortured and not accepting deliverance because they were hoping for a better resurrection. So I was thinking, why? Why would they do that? Because they have a better resurrection in their heart. They have endured a lot of bitterness. Let's read 36. 36. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. 
37, they were stoned, they were sawn in, saw in two, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Here they were stoned, they were saw in two. It's terrifying sometimes when I read these verses. But again, I wonder where did they get the strength to withstand all these trials? I'm sure it's because God helped them. It's like unto the time when Stephen was stoned to death. Before his death, he saw the heavens open up. And that hope, the continents must be one of joy. He does not think that he's going to die soon. Rather, he's thinking that the heavens open and I'm entering into it soon. So 38, verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. So they are the ones who's not worthy of the world. The whole world hates them. But the Lord Jesus loved them. 39. All these having obtained a good testimony through faith. Did not receive the promise. I was thinking about the meaning of this. When when they die, they have not entered into the heavenly kingdom. Perhaps they have only seen the gate. But that's not important. Because they have faith. Luckily, they have already obtained it. And God has given them wonderful testimonies. I don't know what these are. Perhaps every one of them have a different testimony. Or perhaps they have a great uh, uh, spiritual experience. So this is individually they have obtained a testimony from God. So that they are unwilling to give up their faith. They are unwilling to forsake God. I sometimes think that if you have no experience in your faith, then it's uh, it's, impos- it's impossible for you not to give up your faith. Today, a lot of young people departed from God. Because they were brought to the faith from their parents. By their parents, they have no experience in God. And so without experiencing God, they were being um, washed away by the trends of the world. If you believe in God and you pursued for faith, then you will experience God. You have already received this good testimony. And even, even if others were to chase you away from the church, you would refuse to go. So today we should receive good testimonies from God. And we should pray to God that God, please let me experience you every day. Whether it's a major uh, event that I experience you, I can even experience you in the little things. In peace, I experience you because of your blessings. 
during hardships, I can also experience you even more. So when you cast down your anchor of soul, you will be holding on to the Lord Jesus tightly. And then you will not be thrown by the waves or the currents of the sea. Otherwise, we will be washed away by the trance of the world. This pandemic will wash away a number of our members. This terrifying part of this pandemic is not the harm, it causes our physical health. And among the members, not a lot of us died from the pandemic. I can say very, very little except for those seniors. Overall, uh, the number of members who died from this virus is very little. However, um, due to the fact that we are not able to go to church quite frequently to hold services or fellowships, a good uh, some uh, members were being um, flushed out uh, due to the flush out of the church due to the pandemic. Please note that the great persecution has not even arrived. A tiny little virus. We, have, we now have the vaccines. And we're still living in fear. So we don't even have to mention all these great persecutions that will come in the future. I am sure a lot of people will fall away from their faith. But what we can do is we have to make sure that we are not the ones falling away from our faith. Why have we not fallen away? Because we have our anchor prepared, and when the time comes, we cast our anchor down and we hold on to our Lord Jesus tightly. And what can we do to not be a flush away? Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. To not be tossed back and forth, we should also take root in our faith. If we are not mature enough to take root in faith, we will be deceived. Little children, when they were being tricked, and children are easily deceived, you give them candy, they will follow you. Human traffickers, they like to, to uh, deceive little children um, with goodies or with pets, so these children will follow them. And I, I have uh, read articles um, the, online that many young people were also deceived. 
if you don't mature uh, internally and you don't take root in faith, then you will be blown away by the wind of doctrines. There are many different schools of thoughts and teachings out there in the world. There are some philosophical thinkings. There are some other religious thinkings. And even among Christianity, there are so many different denominations. Every one of them seem to be logical. A lot of people like to browse the internet but refuse to read the Bible. And having read so much other worldly things, they refuse to now read the Bible. They begin to doubt the words of the Bible. They believe that others are more logical. So we should be even more careful. Sometimes we don't have to wait for the persecution to come. These wings of doctrines would blow us away. For example, if you're not familiar with the Bible, I remember a few years ago, there was a family. They all of a sudden refused to come to church. So when the church members want to visit them, they say no. Why? Uh, they said, I, we now believe in the Old Testament. We have to observe the Old Testament, observe the Old Sabbath, the ways, the old ways. To observe the Passover, the festival, the booths, etc. So when members ask them, why? Have you not read the book of Galatians? However, that family has already been tempted. And they have listened to other denominations preaching to them that they have to observe the Old Testament. Initially, the entire family were baptized into our church. And they were even serving the Lord in the church. However, they were influenced by the wings of other doctrines that the entire family had departed from the church. So I realized that being very fervent in serving the Lord is not the most important. And there's no point in attending fellowships very often to be familiar with all the members. It's not that those are bad. But what's the most important? Have you taken root in the truth? Do you know the common faith, the basic faith? Do you know what is the a basic faith of the true Jesus Church. The difference between the true church and others and where the difference lies and why is it different? Why do you believe in what you believe now? Where are the scriptures to show us and how do you explain them? These are what we call the basic doctrines. Unfortunately, a lot of members today are not interested in the basic doctrines. 
的工人呢，有开了一个讲网络的讲习会，叫 NYMT National Youth Ministry Training。And a couple of days ago, there was a National Youth Ministry Training。好，我们的从英国来的石传道啊 ，Stephen 传道来给我们勉励。And we had us. Uh, Preacher Stephen from UK came uh, came over to uh, 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 or rather was online to teach. He was also talking about the teaching the book of Hebrews. It's rather quite a uh, 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 rather quite a <coughs> coincidence uh, that uh, we were reading the book of Hebrews and he was teaching the book of Hebrews. So he was talking about to be saved first and then to serve the Lord. How do we be saved? If you're not saved, there's no point in serving. How can you be sure that you're saved? So you must first take root in your basic faith. So he said, he said, many other places, many children's churches should regularly take the basic. Therefore, he said that a lot of the youth fellowships they should be studying the basic teachings very often. Although not every week, but they should regularly take the basic. Regularly take the basic. Maybe not every week, but it should be done frequently. But many churches don't like this. But a lot of fellowships refuse to do that. They like to talk about life topics. They rather like to talk about life. Something that's interesting. But they have there are very few times where they would have in-depth study of the truth. Same with our religious education. We listen to the stories, the biblical stories from a young age to our mid-twenties. 有那个 kindergarten 呢，有点讲了，幼稚班、幼年班、少年班、高中班，到到大学班还是讲大大卫打死哥利亚。呃、uh, ，the killing of 呃、uh, David's killing of Goliath, the story was told in the kindergarten,、啊、in in the elementary class, the junior classes, senior classes, right till even in university. 同样的故事一直绕啊绕啊绕啊，很好，没有不好。The same story being told many times, not that it's bad. 但是你说基本教育，这些年轻人会不会讲？ But if you ask the youth about the basic faith, would they be able to tell you that? 熟不熟 ？Are they familiar with the basic faith? 能不能出去跟人谈？有没有这个信心 ？Do they have this confidence to go out and preach the basic faith? 没有被训练过。They have never been trained in that manner. 或者有训练，但是没记得。Or that they were trained, but they don't remember. 我们的信徒就就更不用讲了。So we don't even have to mention the 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 members. 信了几十年，基本教育自己叫来讲讲不出来。We have been members for several decades. We don't even know the basic faith ourselves. So, we cannot preach the gospel. So, this is our weakness. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, this is our weakness. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. So, basic faith is not to preach the gospel. Rather, we ask of you to spend some time to study the basic truth, so that you can take root in Christ. At least, when people try to hold you down, you don't get bent. 
at least when the wings of other doctrines come and blow you, you will not be shaken. You may not be able to shake others with our own doctrines, but at least not be blown away by others' doctrines. I have listened to the sharing of another church. Because of the pandemic, there is no physical gatherings. So in the morning, they still uh, uh, listen to the sermons through uh, online. And in the afternoon, they have uh, different uh, uh, regional uh, fellowships. What were they sharing? Every group has to talk about the basic faith. From the first to the fourth. It's not the uh, deacons or the preachers. So everyone uh, has been assigned a topic. So everyone has to prepare 15 to 20 minutes. 其他人可以补充, materials and other people can then supplement. And then finally, the preacher and the deacons would supplement and 哎, sum it up. 所以我做了几个月下来啊, 效果很好. And after a few months, they felt that this is actually a good thing. 为什么? Why? 哎呀, 传道只是讲了几百年啊, the, the preachers may have preached the topics for hundreds of times, but you may not remember at all. 好了, now that it's your turn to 哇, give the speech, then you have to take your Bible out, you have to take your reference books out and be prepared. 哇, so if you are being questioned, you have to know the answer. 好, 诶, and other members could help you supplement, and you can realize that this can be explained in this manner. 讲得好, 不好, it doesn't really matter whether you give a good speech or not. 如果真的讲得不对的, 诶, and if you if there's an error, then the preacher can correct you immediately. 哇, so there are participation from everyone. So their faith began to take root. Otherwise, if you sit in front of your TV and listening to your sermons, even if 10 years had gone by, you would still have stayed the same level. You listen, but you don't take notes. And even if you do take notes, you don't even use it ordinarily. So you will not remember it. So to take root in your faith, uh, in the truth. And interactive way is probably the best. So we have to ask our Lord Jesus to help us to be careful. Let us not be drifted away with the trends of the world. We must hold on to the anchor of our soul. To take root in the faith, in the truth. May the Lord Jesus help us. Let us sing hymn number three hundred and fifty-six.